Welcome in, everybody, to the GC Live post-game show. We are live at Founders Park, where just moments ago, South Carolina was able to wrap up the regional, taking care of Campbell in a big offensive explosion as they head now to Supers for the first time since 2018. I'm Mike Huben. Alongside me, as always, is the one and only intern, Joe. You can see behind me a little bit. Kind of tough to see in that corner. Players are coming out. A really cool scene. And I want to start with this tonight. TK, TK Oriental, better known as Sam. If you didn't know what took place last night, wasn't able to wave the flag because of the NCAA rules when you host a regional. He is down there celebrating with the team. The man was out in the outfield bleachers as he's been all season long and just like he was even last season, even when things weren't that great. And Sam was waving a towel. Well, he's on the field being honored by the team as they get ready now to gear up for Super Regionals in just a week. And as we speak right now, that Florida game, it is going on. We're going to have to wait and see if the Gators will be hosting. They're going to have to beat Texas Tech twice in order to do that. If they don't, then South Carolina, it's coming back. Supers will be coming back to Columbia, South Carolina. But one step at a time, one step at a time. Intern Joe, just your overall thoughts on what you saw tonight from the Gamecocks. It was a big win, Mike. Very, very, very big win. If there was any doubt, the offense was gone. Um, there isn't any more. Um, statement win for the Gamecocks um, shows how much they love playing at Founders Park. I think it'd be big to get a Florida loss. Unfortunately, they're losing – or Florida's up 4 nothing in the eighth. Um, but we still have to play one more tomorrow. So that's that's big. Tomorrow brings the statement win for the Gamecocks and their offense today. And I'm glad you brought up the offense. One thing that has really stood out to me with this USC team, what has been one of the biggest difference with their lineups, right? And we saw it right at the top. Who's at the top of the lineup, intern Joe? As you go there, grab a water real quick. Who's at the top of the lineup for USC? Huh? Who's, who's back out there for USC smacking the ball all over the yard? And he did it again tonight. Well, McGillis. Will McGillis. So the reason I want to start with Will McGillis is this. I was talking to someone close to the program before tonight's game. You saw it at the beginning of this tournament as soon as McGillis was back in the lineup. The pressure, the pressure that McGillis takes off the other players, you can sense it, right? This team, I mean, we talked about it after Friday night when South Carolina was able to beat up on Central Connecticut State pretty well, put up 19 runs first time. Since April 20th, when they played Florida, they put up double-digit runs. This was the first time that we've really seen this offense generate that type of production since Will McGillis went down. So I say that because, look, it, it takes everybody. You know, I think of the Michael Braswell situation early in the game, right? Goes down two strikes. Umpire says, get your butt back in the, in, in the box. And what does he do? He's able to get on base, drives in a run. And then he was able to continue to find some offensive explosion. It's contagious. I don't want to take anything away from the other players, but my goodness, I think you have to start with the performance that we've seen from Will McGillis this week, and I think that plays a large part as to why South Carolina's offense has been rejuvenated. Yeah, Mike, Will McGillis, Braylon Wimmer also too. I mean, he stepped up in a big way. You were looking for his bat to come back. Also good, another guy to have back in the lineup. Um, you know, led the way this regional, um, my MVP for sure. Um, I think having Wimmer back, him leading the way, I think the everyone just kind of followed. I think who McGillis, having him back as you know powerful as he is, and then also Gavin Costas joining up a little bit. It's been 
clicking. The offense has been clicking on all cylinders for South Carolina. And, I mean, looking ahead, you, you, you have to be excited if you're South Carolina fans in the, in the dugout anywhere, really, about this offense, Mike. And we talked about it last night in turn, Joe. We didn't know who South Carolina was going to play until, you know, what was it? Four o'clock, whenever it was, because South Carolina had to wait to see who was going to win between North Carolina State and Campbell. And as we saw with Campbell, this is an offensive team that has plenty of explosion. I mean, give the Campbells a lot of credit. They were able to not only play a game earlier today, put up 12 runs, but then they bounced back and they were able to put up the offensive explosion that they did today. The difference was, though, the difference was, though, number one, South Carolina, the bats were there all night long, all night long. From the get-go, we've talked about it with just being able to capitalize momentum from the previous game. That was the case again tonight. That was the case, especially in the third inning. But on top of that, even though it wasn't perfect, from a pitching standpoint, USC was able to settle down as the game went on. And because of it, they were able to find a way to get it done. And now, again, you're able to win a Super. And all these conversations about, you know, what what could be with Mark Kingston – I think that goes out the window. I truly do because the team that we had saw from the from the for the majority of the season, for the majority of the season, they had that little dry spot, right? But from what we saw at the beginning of the season, from an offensive production standpoint, a lot of that started because of Will McGillis being in the lineup. He went down. The offense was just completely different. We understand that there was other injuries. We know that there was injuries from a pitching standpoint as well. USC is as healthy as healthy, we haven't even talked about Will Sanders yet. They are as healthy as they could be at this point. And to be able to go through this weekend as smoothly as they did, as smoothly as they did, of course, you gave a couple runs more today against a very explosive Campbell team. But they were able to get the bats going, right? We're not sitting here saying, well, South Carolina, I mean, man, they're pitching really picked them up and carried them. No, the offense was phenomenal. The pitching, when they needed pitching, they were there. So, again, South Carolina headed back to Supers, waiting to see now if they're going to be hosting Supers, which would be incredible. And I can't even imagine what this place would be like if they're able to do that. A lot of former players are in the building tonight, Grayson Griner being one of them. Just saw him a little while ago. Um, Andrew Eister, who was on the program last night with us, he was here as well. Good to see so many former players here. Uh, but intern Joe, sticking with the offense – what did we say last night? The timely hidden. Mm-hmm. How much does that excite you, seeing what South Carolina was able to do against Central Connecticut State? Okay, it's Central Connecticut State. They were able to do it. wasn't as much, but they were able to do that against NC State in terms of taking advantage of runners in scoring position. And then they certainly did that tonight. How does that make you feel as we start to look ahead now to Supers just a little bit? got to make you feel good, Mike. It's got to make you feel really good. If you can have clutch hitting in the playoffs, um, you can't really ask for any more. Up and down the lineup, too, Mike, everybody delivered. I don't think we can pin any any really lacking on anybody in this lineup. Um, I was impressed even when, you know, you took the guys that had been hurt out against Central Connecticut State, the, the, the reserves or the backups came in and, and raked, too. So you, you've got pop coming out of this lineup. Um up and down it's huge it's it's so big and then i mean you talk about the depth with the bullpen not having to throw a lot of guys i mean mike we'll talk about will sanders later but my oh my did he look good and i mean the bullpen after coming off everyone got to pitch all of your, all of your main pitchers i think mick proctor looked really good 
Um, you got a lot from Becker, minus the two home runs. All-around dominant performance in this game and the regional from South Carolina, Mike. And again, if you're just joining us, we are live at Founders Park. Can't see it behind me, but the press conference will be should be starting up around right now. I haven't been checking the live stream, so intern Joe, uh, if you have any updates, if that's at least started, uh, we will have updates. Colin Taylor is there, but as you can see behind me, a live look at Founders Park. Players have, for the most part, they've, they've come off the field. I'll kind of spin this around here a little bit. Michael Braswell, some of the other players going over to family and friends and thanking them for coming out tonight. And again, if you didn't see it, a really, really cool scene, really cool scene to see TK, a.k.a. Sam, TK Oriental. So many Gamecock fans, not just love this chick, but they just love this man. It was awesome to see him down on the field, celebrating with the team. The team brought him down there. They gave him the home run helmet. I mean, they were they were celebrating with him. And a really cool moment, too, talking about TK. In the second inning, or I can't remember exactly, uh, third inning, when McGill's hit that home run. About 10 people friggin' ran up the stands because, you know, DK's in the back row. They were high-fiving and hugging this man. About 10 to 15 of them. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Best, Mike. A Founders Park legend in TK Oriental. A um, couple other things, too, that I want to mention today that we saw. How about that push bunt, that sacrifice bunt mm -hmm. by Will Tippett? I mean, the reason I bring that up, because obviously when you score – the type of runs that USC did today, 16 runs. Yeah. Stuff like that gets lost in the fold. But the reason I want to bring that up is because at the end of the day, like we mentioned before, you're going to have to find ways to win, um, not just post games, blow, every every facet, right? You're, getting, you're talking about playoff baseball. So I bring that up because doing little things like that, like even the little things USC was doing right, end of the game, um, Campbell trying to tag up on a short fly and they get doubled up at second. I, I just like the way South Carolina competed today. I like what they did in multiple facets. It wasn't just, hey, they, they were just smacking a lot of home runs. No, we knew that this team and Campbell, I mean, shoot, I, I'm not going to equate them the exact same way, but we saw that a couple of years ago, two years ago in this very ballpark. When USC hosted as a two seed. They smacked so many freaking home runs that year, but what happened? They weren't able to capitalize on the little things. It was home run or bust. That was the difference tonight. This team can do it all, and I think that should make you feel very good, very good about South Carolina after what they did, not just tonight, but what they did all weekend long. Yeah, Mike, at the beginning of the year, at the clip that they were hitting home runs at, you kind of worried if this offense was going to live or die by the home run. I think this the 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 uh, reincarnation, I guess you can say, of this offense. It's been good to see because they're not relying on the home run purely. They're they're getting, like we said, the clutch base hits. It's, it's so big for South Carolina, and that's how you make deep runs. It's how you win tough games in Omaha. And I think there's something to be said for going three and zero in your regional, going and winning outright by or thirty one to fourteen, I believe, was the final score of all three games. I mean, all-around dominance for South Carolina, and it's going to be a wave of momentum moving on into the Supers. Let's take a look at the offensive production from South Carolina tonight. Again, Will McGillis, you can't say enough good things about this young man, and if you're just joining us, I, I mentioned it earlier in the program, 
talking to people that are close with this team, the pressure that they feel that is off their chest since McGillis has rejoined the team, and now that he is playing, coming back from that injury, the pressure is off them, they feel. And it's one thing to hear people say that. It's another to actually see this team go out there and perform, not just what they did tonight, but what they did all weekend long, all three games. Offensively, this team looked like the team that we saw for the majority of the season. And while there's still plenty of work to be done, whether you play Florida, whether you play Texas Tech, there's still plenty of work left to be done. But, man, this is exactly what we were hoping for. You were hoping that those hiccups, everything that they were going through for the last two months of the regular season, that they were going to be able to overcome it. And, again, give this entire team, entire team, credit tonight. But a lot of it, I look at what Will McGillis has been able to do from just bringing a spark to this offense. Starts with him. Yeah, Mike, one stat that stands out to me was South Carolina drew seven walks tonight. I think that was another big, big thing for this regional. I mean, they, they drew a lot of walks with the bases loaded. It's huge. Their plate discipline is really, really good, and it's at a really, really good spot right now. You should be feeling really good about it um, if you're South Carolina. I, I don't know, Mike, it, it, when you weren't – it was a problem for this team down the stretch when they kind of lost it a little bit and we're kind of going for the big swing. They got a little caught up a little bit in, in the home run tally. Mark Kingston talked pregame and talked about Gavin Costas' struggles and said, he, you know, he was looking for the big fly. He, and so in this regional, he shortened up and, and, and that he has and has produced because of it. I mean, Mike, it's everything. Can we focus on that though? Can we focus yeah. on that for a minute? Because intern Joe, I'm so glad that you brought that up. I'm yeah. so glad that you brought up about the, the walks tonight and the plate discipline. Because, again, a lot of the things that I feel like we're talking about right now, this is exactly, this is exactly what we were talking about at the beginning of the season with this team. Where man, look what this offense has done since Monty Lee has got here. Man, look at the plate discipline. You know, Colin, he, he talked about it at nauseum. I'm sure you guys talked about it on foul balls that the way they were approaching at bats, they were taking more pitches. They weren't just swinging for the sake of swinging. They were really working pitchers and it made a difference. It made a difference. They were able to get on base more. We saw the home run shoot up. That's why they're one of the best when it comes to home runs in the country, but the on base percentage, everything was increasing. So you mentioned the walks, you mentioned the walks, right? And I'm going down the list here. The first night in regional play in Central Connecticut State, and I know it was all USC in that one. We talk about the 19 runs. They drew 14 walks. They drew 14 walks. Yesterday against NC State, they drew nine walks. And today, as you mentioned, Joe, they drew seven. So it wasn't just tonight. It's been consistent. And I know it's only three games. Yeah. But when we're talking about why should you feel good heading into Supers, regardless if it's in Gainesville or if it's here in Columbia, you should feel confident because this team is starting to do things that they were doing at the beginning of the season. That's what I would say to that. Yeah, Mike, I mean, the walk thing, it, it, it proves that you're firing on all cylinders. Being able to do that, get on base by any means necessary is how you win playoff games and make a deep run, plain and simple. 
plain and simple. So another thing too that I want to mention, another thing too that I want to mention is from a pitching standpoint. I want to jump ahead just a little bit. You know, we'll work our way back. Okay, we'll work back. We'll talk about Matthew Becker. Uh, we'll talk about Nick Proctor as well because I thought he, you know, came in, did what he could to be able to kind of slow things down a little bit because this is a Campbell team. We saw, we saw it. We saw what they were able to do yesterday against Central Connecticut State. I mean, that was a game that the Blue Devils had. I mean, it was, it was all, it was all theirs. And unfortunately, they weren't able to put Campbell away. Campbell scored five runs to tie it up on a grand slam. I just want to flip things around here. You can see guys celebrating down there. Some pretty cool stuff. But they were able to score 10 runs in a span of two innings. And that offensive explosion that we were talking about last night, not knowing who USC was going to play today at the time when we did our show last night. So I say that because this Campbell team, it was as advertised. And what I mean by that is, they have the offensive explosion. There's no question about that. What they were able to do from that sixth inning, seventh inning against Central Connecticut State as of yesterday in today, these last three games that they played, they did exactly what I think a lot of people who followed them all season and people that maybe just paid a little, you know, not, not super close to, but just a little bit attention to them. They expected that offensive explosion. They did that. The difference was South Carolina, they showed up and played the style of baseball that they played for the majority of the season, that they played at the beginning of the season. And, um, you know, looking at from a pitching standpoint, we saw Will Sanders come out on Friday, Joe, getting that inning. He comes back out here again, and he's able to give you another inning. Strikes out the side. Strikes out the side when he comes in. Um, and, and then he, he pitched, you know, three innings. But I'm talking about that that one inning in particular. Um, yeah. What a phenomenal job. What a phenomenal job by Will Sanders. Picks up the save. Six strikeouts through three innings. Allowed just one hit. Yeah, he had one walk. Faced ten batters. Ten batters. So I say all that because, man, not only – again, talking about the little things. Offense there. This, that. You get Sanders more reps. He's going to be a big part of this success if South Carolina wants to have any in supers. That has to make you feel pretty good as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, the thing with this South Carolina team is that they have starters coming out of the bullpen. Like, I mean, James Hicks was not initially one of your day one starters, and then he has since evolved into one of the arms that they are starting. But James Hicks starting the year was a bullpen guy. And same thing with Matthew Becker was coming out of the bullpen. Now he is a starter, but it shows you how deep. I mean, Chris Veach could have started as well. This yep. bullpen is very, 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 very deep. And we sound like a broken record saying it, but it, I mean, you need a deep bullpen to have success in Omaha, Mike. And Craig brings up a good point, and I want to play these in back-to-back -back, uh, notes right here. You see it from SC Scout guy, Patrick Osborne. He is back. He is back here for South Carolina. Patrick, good to see you, buddy. Big win tonight. I, I, I know you don't, don't probably want to hop on live, but it's good to see you, man. Good to see you. Uh, good to have Patrick. Pat, they're saying Patrick's the good luck charm. Hasn't lost since he came back. Patrick does a great job. He's back here working at South Carolina. It's um, awesome. Awesome job. Uh, what he's been able to do over the years. He was at Oklahoma State 
with basketball, so it's good to see him. But you see the, the comment about Monty Lee from SC Scout Guy, and we appreciate you hopping on tonight, as you usually do throughout the week when we do our Talking Tuesday shows. You That's hope right. that Monty Lee sticks around for a while. And that comment is piggybacked off with the one that Craig says. Braswell at the plate this year has been so much better than last year. That's Monty Lee all day. I, I think back to – the beginning of the year and I can't remember if it was the first series or the second series of the season and just talking with Kingston about the impact that Lee was having on the players and one thing that he brought up that was that shouldn't be overlooked is the fact that outside of a handful of Clemson players who he recruited he had to come in here and he had to earn that trust. So you think of a guy like Braswell. And Braswell, of course, he had a phenomenal start to his freshman season, kind of hit a funk towards the middle and just wasn't able to get back to being the guy that we saw for the beginning of the year. He's looked incredible this season with his plate discipline and a great story too, right? You know, didn't have the opportunities to play as much. You knew his number was going to get called at some point, next man up mentality. He was able to really run with that torch and he's been able to make the most out of it. And now he's starting. Uh, second base and he did a phenomenal job tonight working some pitch counts but yeah I mean being able to come into a situation and being a good coach right anyone can bring a good coach and you can bring a guy like Monty Lee and okay he's a great hitting coach how quickly can he build a rapport with those players how quickly can those players trust him and I think that speaks volumes more than anything about the skill set that Lee has. It's not just about what he's able to do from, okay, this is what you do, you know, when you're in the box and, you know, X, Y, Z, no, no. It's about being able to form those relationships. I mean, I was here at practice on Thursday and just seeing the way that he interacts with the players. It was very loose. They were, I mean, he was making jokes and just loosening the mood more than anything. It just shows that trust that he's been able to build. And I think, you know, those little things you really, you really can't, put a price tag on I mean what he's been able to bring to South Carolina is just absolutely incredible and it's good to see the offense come back and play the way that they had at the beginning of the season yeah Mike Monty Lee is a South Carolina baseball legend he is an absolute character I love Monty Lee he gives us always gives us some good sound bites good stuff to talk about um has certainly helped this lineup find its identity with their bats Shout out to Michael Braswell, man. We've talked we talked about him yeah. last night and these last couple nights about how he came in with so much potential leading up to his freshman year, played but didn't quite live up to it, does not make, make the starting lineup early this year, comes up big, a bunch of clutch spots um, during that big run at the beginning of the year, and then has been delivering ever since re-entering the lineup. Um I'm happy for Braz finally living up to some of that potential that he had coming in to South Carolina. Um, I mean, playing shortstop as a true freshman at South Carolina carries a lot of weight to it. So the fact that he's turned it around and is an essential part of this lineup um, and keeps everything rolling when it comes around to him and has also drawn a lot of walks um, as well. We saw that tonight. But, yeah, shout out Braz for being able to stop up. And the lights are brightest. And uh, real quickly, too, because we appreciate everyone that's tuning in, whether it be on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. I mean, this is something that's been fairly new, came together at the last minute. Um, shout out to Colin Taylor, Brian Shoemaker, who we work with over at Gamecock Central. Uh, this idea of being able to put these shows together. We've been hearing feedback. You guys have been enjoying it. Don't have a former player tonight. Grayson Griner, we had talked to him about potentially hopping on. But, I mean, it was a marathon 
for a while with this game, especially to get through the first six innings with all the offense that we saw. I saw Grayson. He brought his son to the game tonight. So had to get had to get the little one home. But hopefully we'll have one of those guys on. Joey Pancake was here. I mentioned Eister being in the building. Um, a lot of those former players here. And they were all just – I mean, that's – it's awesome to see that, especially the guys that, you know, played on this team, like Eister, a couple of – you know, they're not that removed from the program. And they remember, hey, shoot, we remember what happened two years ago. You know, we were here. Even though they were 2C, they were hosting here, and they weren't able to get out of that regional. Um, we see some of the comments, opposite field mentality with this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kevin says, so for Supers, do you keep Sanders in the bullpen or do you have him as a starter? He can help keep Beach from being overworked. I don't know what's being said right now in the press conference room which is about, I'd say, I don't know, 100 yards from me and uh, upstairs. But not knowing what the heck Kingston has said, and I don't know if that's something that was even asked tonight. Um, I, I think, at least for me, Joe, I think you roll with what you've been doing so far. And even though he pitched three innings tonight, I feel like the way – and it, they've been fortunate. I mean, let's call it for what it is. They've been very fortunate to have the opportunity – to put Sanders out there for an inning one night on Friday and then to put him out there for three innings today. I wouldn't force anything. I really wouldn't. And if he feels great, then you can think about that maybe if you get to that game three, right? But I I honestly, I like the role that he's in and the beauty in it, the God's honest truth, the beauty in it, as we know at this time of the year, depth and having healthy arms as best you can. He's a guy that can go out there and can give you more than just one or two innings. We saw him have three tonight. If he needed to go out there and pitch four, he could have done that. He could have probably gone five tonight. So I, I say that because I think with how this team looked this weekend, the old saying, right? Don't break any, you know, why break something if it's not, uh, or why fix something if it's not broken? I would not touch Sanders right now. Leave him in the bullpen, let him do that, and then bring him out because, again, he can eat up innings. We saw what he was able to do tonight. I think that's at least how I hope they approach it. But, again, Kingston probably not asked that direct question tonight. He'll probably be asked later on in the week. But I I wouldn't be shocked to see USC go that way with it. Yeah, I mean, I I think you bring Will out of the bullpen until he's 100%. Um, Obviously, he's going to try to push it because it's playoff baseball, and obviously you want to. Your mentality is to try to pitch as much as you can. But – I think he's got to be 100% to give him the start. I And also, too, after this weekend, the three starters have pretty much cemented themselves to at least get another crack at it. The the order that uh, South Carolina threw their guys this weekend, Hicks, um, then Mahoney, then Becker, I think those guys at least deserve a shot depending on how next weekend goes. But, Mike, it's just all-around dominance from not only Sanders but the rest of the starting pitching. Craig, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, intern Joe, I don't think it was ever fully disclosed. I think they treated it like a hockey injury. Yeah. Um, those hockey those hockey injuries, they always just say uh, lower body injury. So I think, you know, again, Craig, at least from a reported standpoint, what the, the team has put out, that is what we know is just lower body. Um, moving along to SC scout guy in the postseason, I think he is more valuable in the bullpen. Don't mess with, you know, what has been worked. I agree. And look, you know, I think about – and I know it's not the exact same by any means, but I think about Major League Baseball and when you have 
those series that go six or seven games, it's not unusual to see one of your starters come out of the bullpen because you need some arms. So I say that because with what Will is able to bring you and what he's been giving you so far, and just two starts or, or two appearances, excuse me, since coming back, I like it. And again, it's not just that, but look what USC was able to do in this series with their rotation. I don't think you touch it. I really don't. Um, we understand when it comes to baseball routine and just how players are creatures of habit in this sport in particular. I don't think you touch it. I would not be shocked, though, if um, at some point this week, I mean, shoot, if Colin does it, ask, ask it, I'll ask him. I'll ask Kingston myself. But I think I think that if you're USC, don't break this. Don't break it. I, I think you stay with it right now. Yeah, no, I agree. And you saw how much fire Sanders brought out of the pen. I think he kind of liked um, coming out of the pen with a little bit of pressure on him or so-called – I mean, pressure. The game was kind of pretty much out of hand at that point. But um, you got to bring him in in relief until he's – ready and gives you the I'm 1000% ready to go because I mean Hicks, Mahoney and, and Becker all dominated like I said uh, real quickly as we're doing this I know a lot of Gamecock fans peeking over the fence tonight in Gainesville Florida taking on to Texas Tech that game started about 90 minutes late because of some lightning that was down in Gainesville Benefit of the game, uh, benefit of the Gators. I mean, let's just call it for what it is. They caught, they caught a break because they had to play a game earlier in the day. Having that extra break in between helped them out a lot. And right now, they currently lead seven to one against Texas Tech. They were able to tack on some more runs. There's only one out in the ninth. Just tacked on three more runs in the ninth with a runner on second. So again, Florida currently leading Texas Tech. They have to beat Texas Tech twice. So. After tonight, they'll have to play a game tomorrow if this score holds up. Texas Tech is the designated home team in this game tonight. So even though Florida, three runs in the ninth, Texas Tech will have their last at-bats coming up shortly. Two outs now in Gainesville. I really – I want to look ahead to Supers. I mean, I want to enjoy what this night means for South Carolina. I mean, I look – I look in the outfield, you can see they already have the 2023 tournament appearance up on the outfield wall. To get back to Supers, to get back to Supers for the first time since 2018, we talk about the history of this program. And I think there's so many people that, I get it, you want to talk about 2010, you want to talk about 2011. The reality is, is this, the program has the history but the program has gone through a lot of trials and tribulations since then. And to be able to get to this point, I'm sure there's some Gamecock fans saying, this is what USC baseball is about. You know, this is what's expected. They should get back to this point. I'm not, I'm not telling you not to think that way. I just think realistically, this isn't the Ray Tanner Gamecocks these last couple of years, right? They've had to go through some changes, right? Chad Holbrook came in, and that was a tough situation to be in. Now you have Mark Kingston here, and it hasn't always been sunshine and rainbows. So to get back to this point, while, yes, from a historical standpoint, I understand when you say, hey, you know, this is what the expectation should be. 
enjoy this one, though. Enjoy it. Because, again, this isn't the same Gamecock team that was out here a decade ago. So to get back to this point, it was not easy. I mean, shoot, just look back to these last two months, especially the regular season. This team battled through. Go back to last year. Go back to two years ago when they came up short and how talented that team was from an offensive standpoint. Gamecock fans should be happy about this one, and I'm sure a lot of them are. But, again, this isn't the same Gamecock team that we saw about a decade ago, and they've had to go through a lot to get back to this point. And even though there's still one more hurdle to get back to a place that South Carolina fans know very, very well, enjoy this one tonight. Enjoy this one tonight because, man, they made it a lot of fun. They made a lot of fun memories this weekend in Columbia, especially being able to do it in front of the home crowd. Yeah, Mike, you're doing – I mean, fingers crossed for, for tomorrow if Florida is going going to take the game tonight. Um, worst case scenario, you do go to Florida. Um, everything I've heard about Florida's baseball stadium is not great in terms of a home field advantage. I've heard it's, it's easier to take games there. Um, that's why they've struggled a little bit more. You brought up the rain delay, how that favored them. I thought that was a good point. Um, they needed that little bit of rest. We'll see what tomorrow brings. But right now, yeah, Mike, just just enjoy it. Um, you worked hard to get here and, and you did what you had to do. And, Joe, I want to go to our ad reads. If you want to lead us off with our good friends over at Liberty Tax. Yeah, Mike, absolutely. Tax anxiety is that uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. Tax team at Liberty Tax in Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call the tax team at Liberty Tax. That's accurate and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing with Sam, talk to the tax team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood, open 99 on weekdays, 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal, make an appointment, or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents. When you walk in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call at 803-462-5576. Once again, give them a call at 803-462-5576. And I'm hanging out on the first base side, first baseline near the perch for Sir Big Spur. And I'd say maybe, I don't know, 45 minutes ago, our good friend Clint Hammond and his son, they came on over. They were here. They wanted to see Sir Big Spur. And he has been a longtime sponsor of not just Gamecock Central, but especially these GC live shows that you see, not just tonight, but with Wes and Chris and Colin as well. Uh, Clint Hammond of Movement Mortgage, he does a tremendous job. If you're trying to buy a home, you're trying to move things around a little bit, he can help you out. He did that for our very own Wes Mitchell. He did that for former Gamecock quarterback and captain Perry Orth. He can do that for you, especially during a time right now where it is a little bit tricky to buy a home. We know those rates are going up. Clint can help you out. Give him a call over at the Movement Mortgage at 803-771-6933. Once again, that is our good friend Clint Hammond of Movement Mortgage. I don't want to – I mean, it's tough right now because we don't know what's going to happen quite yet. And South Carolina waits to see if they're going to be hosting a Super Regional or if they're going to be heading down to Gainesville to take on the Gators, a team who they did play earlier this season. And, I mean, man, Florida, um, 
I feel like they got better as the season went on. But you think back to that series earlier this season when USC played Florida and it was in Columbia, they swept them. They swept them 13 to three, five to two, and then seven to five. Again, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves right now, intern Joe, but the idea of going down to Gainesville, I, I don't think should scare Gamecock fans. I really don't. I understand that. I mean, look, when we saw the the pairings, and I know some people didn't like the draw with Florida being paired up with the Columbia region, but I thought this region as a whole was very winnable for USC. I thought it was very winnable. I know that yeah. there was a lot of hype surrounding Campbell. We talked about the experience with NC State. This isn't the same NC State team from two years ago, right? There were some seniors on that team this year that were part of that team two years ago who, you know, they bring you that experience factor that what is it like to get to Omaha feeling, but it's a different team. So I say that because I thought this region was very winnable. Um, it played out kind of the way that I expected it to play out. Um, in all seriousness, I, I thought USC was going to come out here and, you know, from an offensive standpoint, maybe not put up 19 runs at first game against Central Connecticut State, but they did that. They did that, and they were able to continue the offensive explosion. If it is Florida, and again, I don't want to spend too much time playing the, well, it could be this, could be that. I think that is a team that they could hold up with. And not just hold up with, but I think they can beat in Gainesville. In Gainesville. Yeah, Mike, it's a team you swept earlier this year at Founders Park. The only thing that should scare you a little bit is the revenge aspect of things. But, I mean, it, it, it helps that you swept them. I personally – I've thought Florida has been a little overrated all year. Um, I think Jack Caglione has the best bat arguably in the country, but other than him, it's their offense is kind of lacking a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think going down to Florida is not the worst case scenario in the world. As we wrap things up here on this Sunday night, no baseball tomorrow at Founders Park, but I'm sure Gamecock fans were okay with that because South Carolina is headed back to Supers for the first time since 2018. And look, again, this is not the South Carolina of old. And what I mean by that is they had to go through a lot to get back to this point. They had to do a lot. And the fact that they've only been to Supers twice since 20 – or excuse me, three times now since 2016, you should enjoy this night. And I think a lot of Gamecock fans will. But you should enjoy this one tonight because it hasn't happened like it used to. It used to seem like it was an automatic that you were going to, you know, super every year. It hasn't been the case here. So for Mark Kingston to be able to bring this team back the second time in the Mark Kingston era that USC is heading to supers, the last time they did that was 2018. And shoot, they came up a game short. They came up a game short. They had an opportunity to be able to, to make it back to Omaha, but they came up short against Arkansas and, I would argue, again, you know, different years, different team, different roster, everything like that. But I would argue that draw a hell of a lot tougher than having to go down to Gainesville. And I'm not trying to overlook Florida by any means, but I just feel like, and I think, I mean, this, 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 is, this, this says it best. If we have to go to Florida, we are closer healthier health-wise to when we swept them earlier this year. Bingo. Bingo. I mean, that that's – 
again, at this time of the year, everyone's banged up to some degree. But I think with USC, they've been able to do a really good job of getting healthy, as healthy as they can, they can at this point of the year. And uh, as I mentioned before, Will McGillis, I think it all starts with him. I really do from an offensive standpoint. And you can just see how much pressure has been taken off the other guys because guys are up there at the plate. They're not forcing things. And as intern Joe brought up, it wasn't just tonight. It wasn't just tonight, but what they've been able to do from a plate discipline standpoint, something that Monty Lee preaches, preaches on. They've done it all weekend long. They drew 19, excuse me, they drew 14 walks on Friday against Central Connecticut State. And then yesterday they drew nine walks against NC State. And then tonight, as Joe pointed out, seven, seven walks. I think I think that is something I think that's something that should not be overlooked is what this South Carolina team did for the good portion of the of the season and now they started to show that again because I felt like it went away. I mean there was there was moments there was moments um over the last 2 months of the regular season but I feel like this team today like if you've just been in like I don't know witness protection program for the last 2 months and you have no idea what the hell USC has done, right? You're not even looking at online. You're not looking at the records. And you went into witness protection at the end of April or after that Florida series. And you woke up and you saw what they did. Is that going to surprise you? No. Now, you have a couple of days off. Whether you're here in Columbia, whether you're going down to Gainesville, you're going to have to find a way to keep that momentum going. I'm sure – if USC had their choice right now, that they'd play friggin' tomorrow. They want, they just want to start playing because they've just been playing so hot. Well, now you're going to have to take a step back, and you're going to have to find a way to continue that momentum when you do start things up in supers. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Anything else you want to add before we close things out tonight and turn Joe? No, nah, Mike, I mean, celebrate this while you got it. Um, I know five points is going to be jumping tonight. Um, should be a lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah, celebrate this while you got it and then see what happens tomorrow in Florida. And, I mean, I, I think you'll be just fine either way. And then, obviously, tune in to Foul Balls on Monday. should be a fun one. Yeah, tune in to Foul Balls on Monday. We have Talking Tuesday for all your Gamecock football talk. Got a couple of coaches here today. Luke Day was here, I saw. And I also saw a new USC offensive coordinator, Dal Logan, taking in the action. And Shane Beamer and family, they were here on Saturday. Uh, we're going to have plenty of baseball coverage this weekend. Plenty of baseball coverage. We got some pretty neat interviews lined up. And we also got some additional non-baseball interviews as well. One being with former Gamecock golfer and PGA Tour golfer, Matt Neesmith. Had a chance to be able to catch up with him as he gets ready for qualifying for the U.S. Open. Fingers crossed that he'll be able to do that again. He's intern Joe. I'm Mike Yuva. We are live at Founders Park. We appreciate you guys watching tonight. If you missed any of our program, no problem. Head on over to the Gamecock Central YouTube page. You can watch this show in its entirety. Or if you're a podcast listener, head on over to the Gamecock Central podcast platform and you can watch the show and listen to it from the beginning. Again, guys, he's Joe, intern Joe. I'm Mike Yuva from Founders Park. We will see you on Tuesday night. Talking Tuesday, and then we will do this again next week.